Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a safe place for everyone no matter what your faith is or isn't. Reverend Angelus Wise is our host he firmly believes that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help you faith no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen and heal you and your faith. So, be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? No, I mean, really, how are you all doing? I hope and pray that all of you are doing as well as possible. I know a lot of you are treading water, and I so hope and pray that you're able to keep your head above water. I know it's so, so difficult, uh, moment by moment, day by day, um, but you can do it. I have faith in you. Those that listen here have faith in you. We're praying for you, whether you know it or not. And if you'd like us to pray for you by name, don't hesitate to reach out to me. My contact information is at the end of every show. I love to pray, and those who listen to the show love to pray. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us. It is my deepest hope and prayer that you find everything you're looking for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast here and more. And if you're returning, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for being such a loyal, long-time listener. So how are you all enjoying season four so far? I know we're only, what, four? This is five, five episodes in, but how are you digging it so far? Uh, we had a long-time listener, and I mean going back to the beginning, a long-time listener, um, who shared with me that they would like for more sh- there to be more shows on everyday people, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with the saints, It's great, it's important, and it's a staple of the show or cornerstone of the show. However, um, how about some more everyday people? And I couldn't agree more, and I do sincerely apologize if it seems like I kind of got away from the everyday people there for a minute. So today is going to be about real-life heroes that are changing the world. And I know... I don't like to do shows that have more than one person because I believe each person deserves a show of their own. Uh, But these people aren't proclaimed saints as of yet. I'm sure they're working their way to it. Uh, But it's just about people in our everyday life that do things to help others that I so hope and pray will show each of you that, you know, something we've always talked about and always will talk about on this show is to never underestimate the little things that you do to help others. Because some of us go, well, you know, I just held the door for someone or I said good morning or I asked someone how they were doing and I let them talk for a little bit. Um, you know, that's nothing. Well, to you, it may not be, but to other person or persons, it's monumental. And it's a life-changing thing for them most of the time. As I've always said, you don't know when someone is on their last leg, where they are contemplating suicide, and that 
they're just about ready to throw it in and stop this life or take this life until something that you do changes that for them, helps to reinstill in them that life is worth living and that um, there is more to life than suffering, than depression, anxiety, PTSD, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully again, these people that I share today, there's going to be 20 in all. And I, like I said, I would do other shows and like individual shows, but each one only has just a small little paragraph of what they did. Now, this doesn't detract from what they've done or how powerful their um, help has been to others. But since it's so small, um, that's just I figured it'd be best to do this all 20 in one show. And if you are one of these 20 people that I name, or you know one of these 20 people that I name, please feel free to reach out to me. I would be more than happy to do an interview with you here on the show where we could just do a, a complete show on you. Um, I know most of you are extremely humble and, and, and don't feel comfortable with that. I totally respect that. That's why I haven't reached out to any of these people. But again, if you're listening and you want to be on the show, hey, reach out to me. My contact information is at the end of every show. I'd be more than happy. I actually would love to speak with you and have you on the show. And the article that I'm going to be reading from is from Reader's Digest. If any of you are old as, as me, if not older, you remember Reader's Digest. <laughs> this is from Reader's Digest, uh, and it's put together by Morgan Cutolo, uh, July 19th, 2021. And of course, I will have a link in the show notes to this article so you can have it for yourself. The first is called The Caped Crusader. After driving past a local homeless shelter with his dad, four-year-old Austin Perrine, four years old, wanted to do something to put a smile on the faces of those he had seen suffering. He used his allowance money to buy Burger King sandwiches to pass out to the homeless. He handed out each meal with a smile and said, don't forget to show love. After dipping into his allowance to feed the homeless for a few weeks, his story went viral. Burger King heard about it and decided to chip in to help Austin's cause. His cause took so much that his family established the Show Love Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to fighting homelessness. Isn't that amazing? I mean, wow. A four-year-old. Now that tells you how, you know, creator and divine connected that little that little soul is. Um, and they always say that about the little ones is that they, uh, their souls are so pure and so connected to the divine because they have yet to be clouded over with all of the adult garbage that we get swarmed with and avalanched with. And I do want to add that the article has pictures of each of the people, each of these 20 people uh, with their stories and also includes links um, and some of the articles or some of the people in case you want to uh, do more or see more about them or help them with their cause. The next one is called Dog's Best Friend. Jarrett Little and Chris Dixon were riding their bikes outside of Columbus, Georgia, when they saw something small moving in the woods ahead of them. They both stopped to investigate, 
they discovered the small creature to be a starving puppy with an injured leg and knew they had to rescue him. Little carried the dog on his back more than seven miles back to town to get him the help he needed. Andrea Shaw, an attorney visiting from Maine, happened to be nearby when they got into town. The puppy ran straight to her as if she was his owner and was licking her. At that moment, she knew she had to keep him. She named him Columbo after the town, and he now lives the high life on a farm with lots of animals to play with. So some of you might say, well, how is that a hero? The person adopted a dog. (laughs) Au contraire, to that dog, those people and that lady are absolute heroes. Those two guys saved that puppy's life. That's a life, regardless of what skin it's in or shape or form that it's in. A life is a life, and it is so very precious. And to that little pup, who's now probably a full-grown pup, (laughs) Fufalu Pup Pup, (laughs) it had to bring back Fufalu Pup Pup. Those of you long-time listeners will know what I'm referring to. But anyway, that's, you know, just a little bit more, you know, why these people are considered to be heroes. Most people wouldn't care. And that's sad. That's sad that most people don't care about animals and view and feel that animals are on another realm or lower realm of existence and worth worthiness. Um, it's, it's tragic. The next is love's last refrain. Cowboy and musician Freddie Fuller believes that music has a special power. Amen to that. After singing to his mother in her hospital bed when she was dying of cancer, he set out to perform musical last wishes for others. He grants wishes for the terminally ill through song. In many cases, hearing is the last sense to go for people who are dying, and Fuller wants to fill those last moments with a melody. Wow. That's just off the charts. Wow, how, how beautiful and amazing. Um, him soothing those with music. And all of you, I'm sure, can attest to what, how music is to you, what it means to you, and how it affects you. I mean, it can make you sad. It can make you happy. It can bring back a memory from 40-something years ago like it was right now. It's just magic, true magic. The next is called A White Night in the Aisle Seat. Soon after Savannah Phillips boarded her plane and sat down, she noticed her seatmate texting rude comments about her weight to someone. Chase Irwin, the man sitting behind her, could also see the stranger's phone screen. He got up and demanded that the man switch seats with him. Phillips and Irwin spent the rest of the flight chatting, and he encouraged her not to let the comments her first seatmate had made to get to her. And see, folks, this is what I'm talking about. This, just a simple, what some of you would consider just common sense thing to do to help someone. Look at what it did for this woman's life. She may have been, this may have been a woman that may have been at the end of her rope and contemplating suicide. And this man sitting next to her being so rude, which sadly we see too much these days. But yet there was a hero. There was a guy behind her that stood up and took up for her. 
in a polite and professional but very stern way and switch seats with this goofball, ignorant person and not only sat next to her but helped her work through what she experienced. Amazing, amazing. And there is a link um, for more of that article if you want to find it. Um, it was number four on the list. Um, and the, then, of course, the links are on the show notes, so check that out. Um, hopefully those two stayed in contact and they're still helping each other. That would be just absolutely wonderful. The next story is the Five Fingers Club. J.C. Crowder was born a little differently than his kindergarten classmates. He only had one hand. With, when his classmates started teasing him, his mom didn't know how to help. Then she discovered Treshawn Willis, an eighth grader who also was missing most of his left arm. She discovered the video of the teen playing basketball on the news one night. A couple of months later, the boys met up and Willis taught Crowder how to be confident with his differences. Wow. Again, look, see how we affect all of the beings around us. Little kids making fun of a, another kid who's missing an arm. And the poor mother didn't know how to handle that. And shame on the school for not doing something to stop that or prevent that. Um, I don't even want to get into my, my thoughts on schools and how they are today. Um, but amazing. Amazing that uh, Treshawn, you know, took time out of his, I'm sure, busy life to, to meet with uh, JC and to help him with confidence you know that's something when we're abused um that's the one of the biggest things that takes a hit is our confidence our confidence just goes right out the door so bless him infinite blessings what a hero you know again something that is small but yet very powerful and it didn't cost a thing other than trishan's time the next is called flood rescue Margarito Martinez was carefully driving his SUV through flooded streets when Swollen Creek grabbed a hold of his car. The car stopped 80 feet and was wedged into the ground. Martinez trapped inside with the water rising around him was sure he was going to die. Wow, isn't that a, just I believe everyone's probably had this nightmare before. Luckily, two strangers watched the incident unfold and stepped in to help. They were able to secure the SUV and break open the window with a rock so Martinez could escape to dry land. Wow, what angels. Amazing. Just, wow, truly amazing. Next is The Doctor Is Out. There are more than 550,000 homeless people across America. Dr. Jim O'Connell and his team are doing something to help them get the medical care that they need. O'Connell and his team spend their days walking around Boston, treating the homeless. They treat 700 regular patients. And that, that's amazing because all too often, and sadly enough, homeless do not get 
uh, the attention that is needed. Um, if you think about all the money that we spend on wars, we could easily end homelessness, uh, poverty, world hunger, you name it, diseases. We could stop and change the entire world. Or I should say the powers that be could stop and change the entire world in a heartbeat if they focused money where it should be going instead of where it should not be going. And I know some of you would probably debate about wars, but I'm definitely one that does not believe that anything good comes from violence. But all too often, a thing that goes right along with homelessness is um, mental issues. A lot of those who are homeless are mentally ill. A lot of us have this disbelief of um, believing that homeless people are choosing to be lazy. And that may be the case with some. I've witnessed that. Um, I worked in a downtown um, major city for 30 years at night. And I can tell you it, the homeless situation is out of control. Um, yes, there are some who are lazy, but a lot of them are mentally ill and they're not getting the help they need or deserve. So infinite blessings to Dr. O'Connell and his team for getting out there and making a difference. Next is called Planting Patriotism. 12-year-old Preston Sharp was left angry after visiting his grandfather's grave and seeing that not every veteran in the cemetery had a flag next to their grave. He decided to do something about it. He started doing odd jobs so he could save up to buy flags and flowers to place next to every veteran's grave. Once the cemetery where his grandfather was buried was filled with flags, he kept going. Rain or shine, he made sure that he paid respect to every veteran. Wow, bless him. Uh, it's, and, you know, again, like I just said, I'm, I'm totally against war and violence, but I'm completely... Um, there for supporting our veterans, um, for making the sacrifices that they do. And isn't it a shame that, you know, you know, people aren't tending to their uh, grave sites as they should. And bless this little boy, bless Preston for, you know, out of his own pocket and, and making money to buy the flags and flowers to do that. Wow. Amazing. Next is called Sowing Hope. Reverend Richard Joyner realized he had to take action when he was leading far too many funerals in his small poverty-stricken town. Many people were dying of heart disease due to poor nutrition. He called on the church youth group to help start a garden to provide the community with fresh fruits and vegetables. The kids delivered the fresh food to those that needed it. The results were dramatic. Research found that the town's residents lost weight lowered their blood, excuse me, blood pressure, and visited the emergency room less because of the fresh food they were eating. Wow. Amen, Reverend Richard. You go. And to that youth group, great job, everyone. It's just, wow, look at that. The impact it had on the people in that community. And that's one of the most unfortunate things is people in poorer towns tend to um, live off of fast food. And I know there's vegans and vegetarians out there that say, you know what, you can get fresh produce and it probably would cost you less. But the thing is, a lot of people aren't educated on that. And that's something we do need to change is, is to help educate people 
uh, especially in poverty areas. Um, not just that, but also like what Reverend Richard and the youth group did was about starting a, a town garden and, um, you know, making sure those who need the fresh fruits and vegetables can get them at no cost. It, it's, you know, and maybe through that you can get them to help as well and join the group and the team and help them start working and planting and growing. It's great exercise and it also gets them out of the house and away from the fast food. Just a thought. The next one's called Landing on the Freeway. After a plane's engine failed, the only place for it to land was on a busy highway. Luckily, John Meffert, a fire department captain, was traveling on that road at the time. Right after the plane crashed, he quickly ran toward the smoke and fire. He helped the passenger, who had escaped to safety, but went back in to try to get the captain out of the plane. He was able to get him out before the plane was engulfed in flames. His quick thinking and good timing helped save two lives. Isn't that something? He ran toward the plane and the fire, not away from it. It's just amazing how, especially our first responders, don't get the credit they deserve. And they are often chastised and canceled and hated and everything else, which is just extremely terrible on so many levels. So if you are a first responder and you're listening, infinite thanks, blessings and love to you for all that you are and for all that you do for all of us. Next is called The Mountains on Fire. Matthew Layton and Brian McGee own rental cabins up on a mountain. When they received a call that the mountain was on fire, they had to take on an unlikely role. Not many locals were staying on the mountain, so they had to help rescue those that didn't know their way out. They saved a total of 14 people from the flames. Neither of them were concerned about the property damage. They just wanted to make sure families got to safety. Wow, blessings and amen to them. Holy moly. That's just a 14 people that they saved Next one is called Rescue in the River. Gary Messina was on his morning run when he saw a man jump into New York City's East River. The man was unable to swim and was screaming for help. As he was bobbing in the water, two other joggers showed up, David Blasvern and John Green. All three men jumped into the choppy water to rescue him. After keeping him afloat for 15 minutes, a rescue boat finally appeared. If Messina, Blasvern, and Green hadn't jumped in that day, the man's story would have had a very different ending. Next is called Returning a Soldier's Flag. While fighting in World War II, Marvin Strombo came across the body of a fallen Japanese soldier. Next to him was a flag covered in calligraphy. He took the flag and displayed it in his Montana home after he returned from the war. After years of passing by it every day, he realized how much it would mean for the family of the soldier to have the flag returned. He discovered the Oban Society, an organization that helps returned captured Japanese artifacts, and they were able to locate his family. He returned it to the soldier's siblings, and they were so grateful to have something to remember him by since they were never able to locate his body. 
infinite thanks and blessings to Marvin for doing that, for having the heart to return that. We, we don't, you know, we all too often don't think about that, you know, especially during World War II, um, samurai swords were taken from every family that had them. Um, some of them were destroyed, but a lot of them were kept as souvenirs. And those of you who aren't familiar with um, Japanese culture or the Asian culture or Eastern culture um, don't know what the semblance of the samurai sword is. Um, the Japanese believe that there is a spirit in each sword, you know, and that each family has their own sword that they pass down from generation to generation. And some of the swords, well, a lot of the swords that were taken were, you know, hundreds of years old and had been in the families for hundreds of years. But no one thought of that. They just saw it as a weapon, which I don't know how they thought someone with a samurai sword was any match for someone with a machine gun. But it's wartime, so, you know, things things get quite messy and, and blurred very easily. So if you're one of those people that happened to have a samurai sword from World War II, perhaps it was your grandfather or great-grandfather that brought it back, please reach out to the Oban Society. It's O-B-O-N. Again, it's O-B-O-N. Reach out to Oban Society and contact them to see about returning that sword to its rightful family. The next one is called The Boy in the Septic Tank. After a little two-year-old boy had slipped into a septic tank and was drowning, the only one that could save him was his 13-year-old neighbor. The opening was too small for any adult to squeeze into. Without hesitation, she sprang into action and was lowered into the hole. After some struggle, she was able to pull the boy out and adults that were standing by got the water out of his lungs. Holy moly, bless her. Bless her for being an angel and saving that, that little two-year-old. The next story is called Letting in Some Light. After losing a loved one, it's hard to find holiday cheer. After one family lost their son to suicide, they didn't have the strength to decorate for Christmas. Then a stranger... Carson Zickgraf stepped in to decorate their house with lights. Zickgraf makes it his mission to find families affected by suicide and bring them some holiday light. He doesn't know the families he decorates for, and he doesn't ask for anything in return. He always wishes he could do more for them. Infinite thanks and blessings to Carson for the wow. What a, what a selfless thing to do. And no doubt, it takes a lot of time and his own money to do that and bless him for being there for people in their dire times of need and trying to help families heal. You know, those of you who have lost members of your family to suicide know exactly uh, what families go through and how horrible it is. Um, it does something very deep to you and leaves such a gaping hole and wound and you have more questions than you answers and it's just truly truly tragic so if you're listening and you've been thinking about 
committing suicide. Please, please, I beg you to get help. Speak with someone, whether that's a priest, pastor, minister, member of any clergy, whether it be a suicide helpline, they're absolutely free to call and they're available 24-7. You can reach anybody anytime, day or night, and it's simple. It's just, we've all got the smartphones, so just look on your phone for suicide help. And it's all anonymous. You don't have to give your name. You don't have to give any information other than connecting with someone that can help you help you realize that you are the world and the world is you and you mean everything to us. You, I know you don't feel it right now, but you do. You matter. You mean the world to us. Do not snuff out the light, the divine light that is you. We've done shows on this before. We just did a show a couple weeks ago uh, about something similar to this and in season but three, we, d we did other shows as well. So go and listen to those shows. Um, Healthy Body, Mind, uh, Soul is one that just pops into my mind right now. Uh, there were other shows after that. Get the help you need. Reach out. Uh, your life is so very precious, and it's that divine spark. Don't snuff it out. Next is called The Call of the Trumpet. Gary Marquette wanted to find a way to honor veterans who had passed away. He loved the sound of the trumpet ringing through the cemetery and wanted to play. But there was one problem. He didn't know how. That didn't stop him. He taught himself how to play the trumpet, and each night he raises his horn and plays to honor the veterans. Wow, that's, that's beautiful, truly beautiful. What, what an amazing way to, to venerate the veterans. Next is called Mudslide. The mudslide had engulfed the town of Oso in northern Washington. Father Mike's in Washington. I wonder if he knows where that's at. After receiving a frantic call from his wife, Chris Langton tried to get home. Unfortunately, the highway had been blocked by the mud, and he couldn't get through. So he got out of his car, and he tried to run home. He didn't make it, but along the way, he saved multiple lives by pulling them out of the mud and getting them to safety, safety, excuse me. Luckily, when he got home, his house wasn't damaged and his family was safe. Chris was recognized by the Red Cross for his heroics. Wow, awesome job, Chris. Um, amazing, <laughs> lives, again, lives that you saved. Bless you. Next one is called, Did You Call 911? Susie Powell was on her way to work when she noticed a man was slumped over in his car at an intersection. She called 911, pulled him out of the car, and started doing chest compressions. She saved his life, and the man never got to thank her. Months later, he set out to find her, and they were able to meet up. He is eternally grateful for Pal. Infinite thanks, Susie. Wow. How many people would do that? Sadly, Far and few between woods. We see that so often. People just going around and, and driving around and, and not paying any bit of attention to anyone around them other than what's going on in their bubble. And, and infinite blessings to her for saving, saving that man's life. 
The next one is called the Online Troll Patrol. Emily Templewood was 12 years old when she first got trolled online. She believed that she got hate because she was a woman on the internet. She knew that misogynists hate productive women. So for every hate comment she got, she posted a biography of a successful woman in return. She started the Wiki Project Women Scientists in 2012 and posted biographies of her heroes like Barbara McClintock. Hate comments still come, but she's found a productive way to take revenge. Way to go, Emily. Well, that was in 2012, so <laughs> Emily's what, 24 now? <laughs> or 22? 22 years old now. You go, Emily. <laughs> I hope you're still doing what you're doing, and yeah, trolling online and, and bullying online is just out of control. Um, how people are, and it's just, in kids and teens, and it's just, it's, it's a poison. It's such a mess, and so many young adults and children have taken their lives because of being bullied and trolled online. It's, it's truly terrible. And last, but certainly not least, is called the Storybook Barber. Barbara Courtney Holmes volunteered his time one Saturday during a back-to-school event and offered to give free haircuts to underprivileged kids in his town. He had a light bulb moment and realized that he should have the kids read a book to him in exchange for a haircut. He continued giving haircuts in exchange for a story every Tuesday for the next two years. Holmes helps them learn new words and feels comfortable reading aloud, or excuse me, helps them feel comfortable reading aloud. Oh, blessings to you, Barbara Holmes. You, you go, man. That's, that's great. To, not only just helping the underprivileged kids, but also encouraging them to read. I mean, you're, you're a hero to them. And I mean, they look up to you. They see an, a successful, you know, black male that is doing it and making it. And you're inspiring them to do the very same thing. Girls and boys, no doubt. So infinite thanks, blessings, and love to you and to all of the heroes that were mentioned in today's show. Again, if you are one of these people and you hear me reading your story or heard me reading your story, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to interview you for the show and we could do a show just on you or whatever you want to talk about. And if you know someone, one of these people that were named, please contact them and have them get a hold of me. I'd be, again, more than happy we would all be blessed to have them on the show and hear their story from in their own words i hope you all enjoyed the show it is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that these real life heroes that we talked about today inspire and encourage us to be heroes as we've seen it doesn't take much to be a hero to someone. So please, please, please do all that you can for yourself and for those around you. This week's prayer requests and updates are as followed. We have Naz. Naz is a dear and close friend to Haven uh, who lives in Australia and she is battling COVID right now. So if we could please Add Naz, N-A-Z-Z, -Z, I believe it is, to your prayers. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. 
Uh, Cheryl, who has severe mental health issues, she's uh, a frequent uh, customer where Haven works. And before Haven started working there, um, anytime Cheryl would come in, they would have to call the police because uh, Cheryl um, has severe mental illness. And unfortunately, she's on her own. So when she goes places, uh, she's by herself. She's paranoid, schizophrenic. She talks to people that aren't there, but to her, they're there. And Haven is able to calm Cheryl in an instance and has changed it to where when Cheryl comes in, Haven helps her get the things that she needs and helps the transaction go without a hitch and without the need of the police. So let's please add Cheryl to our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Next is Coco. Coco is a chocolate lab uh, who's only eight months old, but unfortunately has um, lymphoma that is going to take Coco's life within a matter of a couple months. So terminal, terminal lymphoma that cannot be treated. Um, Haven just met Coco and Coco's family uh, this past week and Coco recently had surgery, but it's not going to stop the inevitable. So if we could keep Coco and her family and our heart, thoughts and prayers and pray that a miracle happens for Coco and that uh, she is able to stay around Many years, because she's only eight months old at this point. Next, we have Ray. Uh, Ray's lung biopsies, as we talked about last week, came back that he does have cancer. We are still unaware as to what stage he has, but let's keep him in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Ariana, uh, Father Daniel, and his mother, Anne, and his brothers, uh, Bob, who has stage two follicular lymphoma, just had his fifth round of chemo treatment. This past Monday and Tuesday, he's doing really well. But let's please keep him in our heart, thoughts, and prayers that this cancer is eradicated and that he makes a full and quick recovery. He's only got, uh, according to the original plan, uh, one more round of treatment um, coming up in next month. Um, Elaine, my mother, who is also Bob's wife, uh, went to her doctor this past Wednesday to go over the biopsies from her lungs. She is cancer-free, but she does have a new bacteria that needs uh, aggressive antibiotic treatment. So please keep Elaine in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Uh, next, just uh, general health and well-being prayers for Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Clyde, Rachel, Mike S., Kathy, Michael T., Father Mike Cantor, Eddie Cantor, Emma, and Jean. Let us please keep in mind those who were just mentioned in need of prayers. And if you are in need of prayers, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I love to pray, and those who listen to the show love to pray. And my contact information is at the end of this show and every show. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. Let us pray for you. Speaking of, let's bow our heads. Let us pray. In nominee, divi, filii, espiritus sancti. We come before you with great gratitude for this day, this moment, this now. As we awaken to your unconditional love and compassion, we understand more and more all that you are. You are the one that is all and the all that is one. We thank you, O great divine, for all of our blessings those we are aware of and those we are not aware of. We ask for your help in healing. Heal us 
O great divine, physically and mentally. In this human form, we are all broken to different degrees. Help us to heal from our brokenness and to selflessly help others who share in our same brokenness, in all brokenness. Help us to have your compassion and forgiveness to those who do us wrong and harm. Help us to respond as all of the great masters and saints with love, compassion, and forgiveness. Remind us that broken beings who lash out at us need our love, compassion, forgiveness, and prayers more than anything. Help us to realize that attempts for revenge, mentally and physically, only perpetuates brokenness. It is not the way of the divine, and it is not the way to heal ourselves or those who have caused us harm. Help us to take our pain and suffering and turn it into fuel for our faith and devotion. Help us to see the lessons and grow in a positive, holy way when things do not go as we wish. Help the lonely to understand and know that they are not alone, that you, as well as all of the great masters and saints, are with us always. Wherever we go, there you are. There is nowhere where you are not. Help us to think, speak, and act from love and compassion and not our conditioned mind. As we walk, you walk. As we speak, you speak. As we think, as we feel, you feel. May the divine shine upon and within you. May the divine hear and answer your prayers. May you experience divine love, compassion, and forgiveness. And may your brokenness be healed. May you share that healing with others. May the divine bless you with peace, health, and love. In nomine Divi Filii et Spiritus Sancti. We so hope and pray that you have enjoyed the show and have found everything that you are searching for in a podcast and more here with us. We now have an Amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes. Angel is always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings, past and present, in your country, society, and culture that we do not know about. But we should. Please, contact Angel and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. We love to pray and our listeners love to pray as well. So, let us pray for you. There are two ways to do this. The first is to email Angel directly at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. The second is through our website at faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com. Slash. My. Dash. Site. There is a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. So until next time. Have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are an angel's heart and prayers. Bless you.